Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Checkfront, the booking platform trusted by over 5,000 tour and activity operators around the world. You can start your own free 21-day trial over at Checkfront.com. Welcome to the Tourpreneur Podcast. Travel industry veteran Shane Whaley will take you on a journey with fellow tourpreneurs, sharing their tips, ideas, insights, and success stories to inspire you to make your tour business the best it can be. And now, here is your host, Shane Whaley. Welcome to Tourpreneur Episode 89. Today, we're joined by Marika Brewster of the Von Mack Agency in the great city of New Orleans. How are you, Marika? I'm well today. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to hear your suggestions, recommendations, advice on how tourpreneurs can go about local marketing. This is a word uh, or a phrase where we're seeing a lot right now with all the experts saying, look, once we get out of the lockdown, local marketing is going to be critical. And I'm really keen to talk to you because you're experienced in this field with marketing. I've seen several of your webinars, so I know we're in the presence of a real expert here. And I'm really excited to talk to you about something I don't hear talked about much on this is actually about mindset when it comes to marketing. Let's kick it off. So when someone says, hey, you need to do some local marketing, what are your five kind of keys around marketing online that tourpreneurs can start working on? Yes, well, marketing is a, a very holistic term. And as we know, it's it's quite buzzworthy right now. And as it should be. Some things I think are buzzworthy, you know, and it's just because it sounds cool. But in this case, based on statistics, local marketing is where we really need to go. And, and in terms of what we need to do, as you said, there's been a lot of data out there. There's been a lot of reports out there. And I feel like it has to come from an, a, a pivot in, in your mindset as we know in tourism and tourism marketing specifically, it's a little bit different from quote unquote regular marketing. It's, it's different from retail. We're not trying to sell toothbrushes or anything like that. Uh, we are really focused more than normal on the first time visitor as opposed to creating a repeat visitor. We want to do that too. But in, in tourism, we, we definitely want to catch the eyes in terms of where they are in their decision making for travel. And, you know, once they get there, there's huge competition once they come off of the plane or they, they get out of their car. So I think that the mindset for tourism specifically has been almost, I want to say, punchy in terms of marketing and, and, and clippy, you know, because you have to get that message through as, as quick as possible and you have to make it in a way that it can be um, connected with your audiences on an emotional level so that they don't turn and look at your competitor or look at the other swamp or look at what have you. 
the difference between that and we're going to go to the next level with local marketing is that we kind of need to shift from this punchy pay attention to me all down the funnel from when you're decision making to to when you're here to more of an emotional connection to more of a notice me i am different because of connection and i'm talking about heartstring pull here if we are trying to speak in relation to people who are in our area, people who are in our town, in our city, within a, a let's say, 100-mile radius. So I'm not even really getting to the road trips quite yet. I'm talking about the people who are literally in our backyards uh, and figuratively. So what we want to do when we think about talking to those people is we have to understand that we're not just competing against other tour providers. We're not just competing against museums or you know tour and attractions or we are competing against every single thing that you can do in your area we're competing against putting a swing set in the backyard for your kids we're competing against going to a restaurant we're competing against going to a park we're now competing against every single thing that a person can do when they walk out of their door and that is a hugely different mindset in terms of what your message should be uh when you're talking about this hyper-competitive market that we all live in with tourism. So I think my first goal here, if we're going to do tips in local marketing, is to perfect your message. And I feel that people need to really, really, really hone in on why. The why. What is your why, right? So what is your why not only to a regional audience or to a one-day tourist, but also to someone who could be your neighbor, who could be your nephew, who could be your nephew's friend? Why would they choose you and your experience over going to eat some pizza or going to row a boat, right? So what you have to do is think about what your positioning is and what your call to action is. And I'm speaking specifically to the words that you use to define your brand. And I'll give you an example. I actually work with a client who does um, sailing, right? And they do sailing and you visit in New Orleans in the actual, the lake. So most people, when they come to New Orleans, they, they go to the river, you know, they'll go on the river boats and they stay in the French quarter. This is the other side. This is almost the suburban area. And they, they came to me and they wanted to do yachting and sailing on the other side where people, you're not going to catch any foot traffic. Let me tell you that unless it's locals. And I was like, well, listen, you know, we can talk to, you know, all of the visitors in town. We can talk to the concierges, but I think you might have a market with locals here. And this is a year or two ago. I was like, why don't we kind of split up your advertising and your messaging, um, but hone it in, your messaging and your ads, but hone in your one call to action, your one positioning message to speak to both. So what we did was we came up with the, um, the slogan, explore the lakeside of NOLA on an indulgent sale. And what that does is it calls to locals because you're indulging yourself and you're saying NOLA instead of New Orleans and you're going to the lakeside. So you have this opportunity to almost elevate what your expectations are, right? It's almost like an aspirational value. But to tourists, you're exploring a side of New Orleans that no one's ever, you know, no one normally sees. So it calls to both there. So what I want our listeners to do is define themselves a little bit more. Don't say we're the best tour in Cleveland or we're the, we're the best city tour in San Francisco because that doesn't say anything to our neighborhood. What you need to do is use descriptive words and emotive words that people can use to envision what they can expect and choose that over something else in the neighborhood. I hope that makes sense. It does. And I, and I think you're absolutely right because we're, we're thinking now very differently. This is a post-COVID audience that we're targeting rather than our traditional marketing that that has worked in the past things need to change and 
I think of this myself. So I live in the state of Vermont. I, I've been here four or five years now. And I, you know, travel halfway around the world to go to a museum or to an attraction. But I haven't done much in my own state. And I know well, I've only been here a couple of years. So people who've lived somewhere for 20 years, it might be different. But in my case here, I'm a perfect booker for a lot of uh, activity and tour businesses here in Vermont right now because I'm itching to get out. You know, I, I can't wait to go and do stuff. I'm just waiting for the governor to say, yeah, it's safe and, and with the various guidelines. So I'm here to be pitched at. And I wonder through online how that, let's say, for instance, you know, zip lining. There's a lot of zip lining companies here. How are they going to market to me? And I think using those words that you're talking about here, the emotional words that is targeted more towards those of us who live in the Green Mountain State than people who live in Florida is going to be critical in any kind of paid marketing or indeed, you know, when working on SEO. Because uh, I was thinking about it, you know, the weather is beautiful here right now. It suddenly got very warm. It makes me even more frustrated that I can't go out and do stuff. But if we were out of lockdown, I would be searching, you know, things to do in Vermont this weekend. Yeah. Rather than just things to do in Vermont, I want to search. Now, that's a very localized search, isn't it? Absolutely. And your your results would be very localized as well. I don't think that, I mean, it would be, you would have to be very, very keen on what you're doing or the competitors that would have to be very low to suddenly appear for those searches if you had not before. But, you know, what might show up are some of the directory listings, right? So the CVBs or the experiential sites that, you know, list lots of things. And actually that that speaks to the next thing I was going to say with your messaging is to take that point of difference, that new positioning that you have, that tightened up positioning and put that everywhere, right? So put that in those directory listings, update your Google My Business, update your Facebook, update your CVB listing or anything that you could appear for in those listings with this new call to action and this new positioning. And that also speaks to imagery as well. But yeah, I think that where you're going with this is it's very generic and it's, it's general and people are just itching to get out and they, they want to be directed almost, right? So I agree with that. And I also agree in the fact that, you know, you're going to go online. That's the first thing people do. Yeah. So it, it definitely, I think that should be the first thing you do with the messaging. You need to set that foundation online. And if it is the same, this is actually a, a key a key point here. If you use the exact same wording across all of your listings, that will also help you with SEO as well. Get that coverage. So, yeah. Yeah, I also think what might be important here, and again, we're talking about this major pivot, as you referenced earlier on, is let's say I find a zip lining company, and let's say there's five or six, but there's one in particular that on their copy, so this this isn't paid for marketing, but on site copy, you know, if they write a little bit about how booking with them will will help families in the area, it will help keep their business going, etc. I think that's also going to be very powerful for locals. I mean, I'll give you an example of that. Our local diner, you know, he's been closed pretty much since the first week of lockdown. But on his Facebook page, he, he, he this offer out, he was doing a GoFundMe and you got various uh, rewards if you funded him. And I did because I want that business to survive. I want to be able to go and have my you know, eggs Benedict on a Saturday morning, you know, where I live is very rural. So if he goes, I'm, I'm, I'm really going to miss that. But that was very effective marketing because also he didn't just say, I need to keep my business afloat. He's like, look, I've got 15 staff that, you know, I want them to have jobs when we're out of this and I want to keep the business going. And I just found it very, very powerful marketing. I agree. Very powerful message. Yeah, absolutely. He answered the why, right? He answered the why before yes. you even had to think about it. And it also, it that's, that's something else I wanted to bring up because 
in terms of the community, people people are looking to to see that personification. They you know that picture very well could have been someone's cousin or what have you, uh, which mm. is, is evidentiary of being a part of the community, and it's reminding people of the why of of the authenticity as well. So I absolutely agree with you, and I think that you know that should be up front and center. And and this is also something that people can do that is free, right? So budgets are really tight right now. If you can work on your message and your imagery and, and get in front of the why and just put that in, in as many places that you already have listings, maybe some new ones, that is something that anybody and everybody in this industry can do with time and effort. Absolutely. And it's just a few moments ago, I was listening to the Finding Florida podcast and they had an interview there with a chap. His name is Kermit, which made me giggle. Kermit's key lime pies. Oh wow! And apparently, this is a thing. It's it's very it's it's apparently the best key lime pie you can have down there. And now he's he's pivoted and he's doing uh, deliveries around the country. And I thought, oh, you know, he sounds like a nice guy. And you know, he's obviously at the pivot. I'll I'll support him. So I pull up the website because you know Kermit key lime. How's that not going to come up in SEO? Right. Um, and the, the pie was thirty nine dollars. And I said, oof, that's pretty expensive for a pie. And then with the shipping, because he only does overnight shipping, it came to 94 bucks. I'm like, mate, I love you. I hope you're going to succeed. I'm not paying $94 for a pie. Wow. Yeah. Now, the difference being, had I gone in there on a holiday and had a really good memory of the place, if I'd met him, if I knew his family and, you know, how he runs his kitchen, maybe that that would have been an emotional buy because I am buying things left, right and center on Facebook ads. I bought New Mexico chilies and chili sauces and salsas from a company that came up and actually it's delicious stuff. I bought Indian spices from a guy up in Illinois. So I'm, I'm ready to buy. But, you know, when you have that emotional connection, maybe... Maybe I would have spent the $94 on a pie. I wouldn't have told the wife. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, but also, you know, if you had tasted it and that might have been something that, you know, you haven't, you've been craving for a while because it's so good yes. and, you know, you need ex- an excuse for Memorial Day. You can tell the family, oh, I have this pie. It's, yes. Again, it's being a part of that community and, and having something easy to buy too, right? So that's something else I tell people, don't don't make people work to purchase, right? So- oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> there, there was no video on his site about the history or how they make it. But on the podcast, he was talking about the different, they use really expensive limes. Apparently they have their own kind of lime and it's much more. So that was kind of an interesting connection. But on the website itself, it was a very old school website without any of that. And I thought, wow, there's there's no emotional message here for me to spend $94 on a pie. Yeah. And that would be a perfect time for them to go back in there. If they're listening, <laughs> yeah. yeah, go just, it might take a while. The words are important and it shouldn't be sentences and sentences. Just, you know, you can just find one, you know, buy this pie. Uh, you've been savoring it since you were five or, you know, something that is, is just, you can write from the back. This is what we do. There's no question. And this is why. Absolutely. And, and and I tie it into tours and activities because let's say I see that zip lining company, I don't know them at all, but I see photographs of the family or the history or what they're doing or how they've been affected by COVID. There's more of a chance I would, you know, go zip lining with that company than ones that just had a, a static website. Yes, absolutely. You know, and also there, there might be that whole been there, done that situation as well. So I mean, here in, in New Orleans and in the general New Orleans area where I grew up, you know, we take field trips to alligator farms or plantations or, yeah. you know, all those sorts of things. And there's almost like the understanding or the notion for locals where, I, you know, I went to that plantation when I was eight. So I've already seen it, you know, but maybe your kids haven't. 
or maybe, you know, they've developed something like, like floor plantation. My clients are amazing. They, they actually created this entire museum on site that goes into Creole history specifically. You can't see anywhere else with very great artifacts. So that is something that a museum or an attraction is experiencing, you know, that been there, done that situation. And maybe they should answer that in their call to action as well, you know? Yes. Or it could even be something like, you know, you probably came here as a kid and have great memories, you know, help us keep this around for your kids and your grandkids. That, that emotional connection, yeah. I think, is, is powerful. What can you do with your reservation software? Take online bookings and payment, manage your inventory, automate processes, and view reports and insights? Yeah, of course. But can you also send digital waivers, build a stunning website, and get help around the clock? What about optimize your booking channels, diversify your distribution, use your favorite tools, and choose your pricing model? With Checkfront, you can. One booking platform, limitless possibilities. Find out more at Checkfront.com. So your second key here was know your numbers. Yes, yes. You know, I, I've been speaking to a lot of tour and attraction operators out there, and they, they basically are kind of saying, what do I do? And, and you know, my answer to that is, well, let, let's kind of go over what you can do, right? So it, we have to see how competitive the market is, how interested the people are uh, in the area. You know, in some instances, in some areas, people are, are coming out and they're kind of poking their head up, and some not so much. Some, the competition has kind of faded away. Some, it's gotten more competitive and people are going crazy in AdWords. I mean, I can speak to that with my clients in Florida right now. It's, it's hyper competitive at the moment with the beaches opening up. But before any and all of that, before you even get to the stats of, you know, where the market is, I think people need to understand what the budget is as well, because that's going to speak to if you're doing something where you're going to have to physically, you know, pound the pavement and, and go door to door, or if you have a little bit, you know, stowed away to where you can invest in some AdWords or Facebook. It's something that you have to be honest with yourself about as a business owner. And in this case, you know, where we are now in, in this environment, I would not recommend someone going um, in too risky of a manner. Mm. Um, and I know as business owners, we, we tend to take chances. So I, I don't want to say that specifically um, because we really, you know, and you've mentioned this before, especially, you know, within your Facebook group, and I cannot agree more. We don't know what it's going to be like. We, we, we don't. We have all these forecasts. We have all this data. We have all of these surveys. Um, but this is this is virtually new for everyone, right? The last pandemic was in 1918, the Spanish flu. I mean, there's been things in between, but this is this is new territory for anyone alive today. I think we need to be a little trepidatious in our actions and plan as best as we can, but just being honest with ourselves with what our capabilities are. And that really, really roots down to budget, right? Don't, don't be aspirational and saying, I'm going to be getting this loan <laughs> when if, if it's from the U S you may not, you know? So it, it's one of those things where I would say go on, you know, the safe side, if you have a budget, um, don't stretch it too thin. And then from that point on, you know, say, okay, I have this much. I'm going to, I'm going to budget for, you know, my upcoming peak season, hopeful, or, you know, right now we're in dead season. So I'm going to spend this money on SEO or, I have this one client who's actually developing a, a top-level brand to kind of tie everything in together, which I think is a great idea. But it's all going to be driven by budget. So after that, I, I think people really need to know their own numbers. So they need to see what's on the books. You know, even if it's two to three bookings for the rest of the year, you know, it might be sad, but you have to be honest with yourself about that. Does that 
you know, evidence a possible rise when you get to phase two and phase three? I think it does. I think it means that people, you still have a viable product. People are still interested. They're still looking, you know, and you're always going to have those early decision makers, those early risk takers that, you know, once it is illustrated through people posting online their reviews and, and how they, they took the risk. And hopefully if they took the risk and it was a safe one and they are, they are happy with the experience and they did not get sick. And that's something we can talk about later, you know, all those precautions, then other people will start to see that and the snowball will roll. The, the issue is if you don't have anything, if you're completely in, in the zero, that's where you kind of have to get a little bit creative. But again, look at your stats, look at your bookings, look at your Google Analytics statistics, look at everything that you possibly have in terms of data. And that's where you're going to get an idea of what you have the possibility to do. And also who in your market, what their affinities are, who they are, all right? So if you, if you look at your Google Analytics stats, you can sort it and you're going to have people who are from your locale. I'm not saying they live in the area. Usually they don't. Um, but you can kind of see, you know, how far away when they made the decision, right? Were they two blocks away or 10 blocks away or, or what have you? And that is, you know, that kind of data and that kind of affinity data might be something that you can layer in with other, other data from your Convention and Visitors Bureau, your destination management company, your state tourism board, all of the top level data where people are doing research on and projections on your particular area outside of your own particular business, right? So you layer in what people are expecting. You, you layer in the possible conventions coming to town that, you know, you can get a report on. And, and if you can't, then I would be persistent in reaching out to any convention or visitor bureaus or associations that you're a part of and seeing if you can get something that is relative. I'm curious to know, so, so you mentioned Google Analytics and for a lot of our listeners, that is a headache. You know, you go into Google Analytics, there's like millions of different things you can drill down into. I mean, what do you think are the most important things that our listeners can look at when they go, what are the top two or three things when they go into a Google Analytics report is really important for them? So what I like to do when I go into Google Analytics is, first of all, I, I like to make sure I have a lot of data. So the first thing when someone logs in, I would tell them to do the past year to get a year's worth of data. If they're super savvy, you can actually compare, do a year over year. That's usually the first thing I do. So if I have the opportunity to get my hands on some data, I'll do a year or a year over year, and then I'll go act to acquisition. And that is the first, one of the first options at the top left. And what you want to do is see where people are coming from. You want to see their locale. That, that gives me an idea of where uh, you're kind of picking up from, you know, usually there's some key feeder cities. Usually it's, it's within a very strict geo radius and layered in, you know, so, but you're going to have some pinpoints that pop out there. You're going to have two to three, maybe five really, really strong cities. And then um, from there you can kind of say, okay, well, hopefully, hopefully you have conversions set up. And if not, that's something we can, we can do for you. But if you work with uh Booking systems like Fair Harbor, um, they can do that for you. They can actually set up con uh, conversions for you. So the third thing I would do with Google Analytics is see not only where they're coming from, but who are the people that are that are booking. So I would go to the bottom, I would click conversions, and then I would kind of do a backwards funnel there to see uh, where um, that mindset is being made. Just a suggestion, because I know you're incredibly busy with clients, but I think making a video about the top three to five things that 
tour operators should look at in Google Analytics would be incredibly useful, either for you to pr- uh, to produce or someone else out there. Because I, I do hear this a lot, that we kind of assume everyone knows their way around GA, but there's so much data there. It's very easy to get overwhelmed. Absolutely. That's a great idea. I think I will do that. Thank you. Did you know every weekday Shane curates the most interesting news articles in tours and activities and sends them out in a snappy daily digest? Grab your copy of the Tourpreneur Daily Briefing at www.tourpreneur.com. The next aspect of this was around media buys. Yes. So I think that, and I'm actually getting this, I assume the listeners are getting this as well. I'm getting so many sales calls and emails. I mean, everyone's just hungry out there. I mean, the vendors and everything. And I get it. I absolutely get it. I mean, we're all business business owners, so we, we need to survive. But just my advice would be not to feel indebted, especially, again, if it's someone's cousin who's a sales person or whatever. It, <laughs> definitely be, be smart about it. And I would pick things that work in the immediate or the immediate three months maybe, and not stressing this. I would not buy anything that is for a year or for the long term or anything that you cannot optimize readily. So for example, you don't, you don't want to buy a magazine insertion, you know, a a year long magazine ad, you know, again, we don't know what's going to be on the other side of this. And you definitely want to make sure that you're using your budget wisely. So you know, billboards, I had mentioned this in my webinar with Arrival, where it's, if billboards have worked for you historically, and again, I see this with water parks, they, they, they do, they remind people, you know, turn here and do this, then okay, yeah, keep that. But don't, don't run scared, you know, and let's go on TV and let's do this and let's go big because, you know, again, you, you need to be super targeted with, with, with what you're doing and, and use your budget wisely. So I would say get granular. So if we have our message correct and we, we kind of have an idea of who we're speaking to and who is interested in our product historically from our stats, right, then we need to make decisions based off of that, right? So let's say our budget is, I don't know, $5,000 for the next three months, right? That's, you know, it's, it's a minimal, but you can do something with that. I would say lean to digital because digital will allow you to get super granular, very, very, very targeted. Um, and you can update your creative. You can update your targeting, honestly, like by the minute, if you really want to. I would lean to digital. I would focus on Facebook ads and Instagram ads, and then layer those in with Google ads. That's kind of the, the trifecta there. If your message is strong, if your imagery is strong, if you have a strong landing page, um, you have a particular driver, you know, if it's if it's a deal, if it's an emotive call to action, you have to have, in this case, I feel like you need to have more than one driver. And when I say driver, I mean uh, a, a call to a person, a, a, something that can evoke someone. Uh, you want to basically throw the bag at them, right? So, you know, one, two, three, right? Okay, I know who you are. I'm going to reach you and inspire you in Facebook and remind you that you came here when you were five and you're missing out now. Then when you click through, I'm gonna, you're going to see pictures of your uncle. And when you click through, you know, you see buy now, you know, with supporting pictures behind it, support the community and you get $5 off or you get an extra book or something. That way people have that assumed value all the way through the process. And they also feel good about making that purchase. And that's what you want to do for sure. Because Again, it's going to go back to referrals and and warm leads and social proof within the community, which is what you want to do. You want to spread word of mouth, right? Outside of it. 
Yeah, and I and I guess looking at that kind of the digital side of things, it's you know, and we don't even have time to do it on this go over on this episode. But you know, how do you find the best local keywords? Because as you said, you know, this is a very different audience as as we go into post COVID. So being specific, I would say using words such as you know your activity plus near me for instance, because local searches make up, I, I read that they make up to 50% of, of Google queries and it's how you take advantage of that. And it's going to take a different mindset. If you're in Florida and you're normally marketing to Europeans who come and visit the theme parks and you want them to come to your activity, marketing locally is going to require different local specific keywords than we're used to using. Absolutely. But I think that's a tough mind shift to, and, you know, maybe I, I would say is, you know, put some searches into Google yourself for things in the area, see what comes up, see what language, you know, hotels are using, restaurants are using, you know, other activities, how are they getting in front of you and, you know, copy and improve upon it. Uh, and I would also say that normally I'm not a fan of offline ads such as newspapers, but I think in this case, like you say, don't, don't take out a year's deal, but we're actually in a really strong position because many newspapers are, are struggling to survive right now and they are probably going to throw out some epic deals to get your ad in their newspaper. And there is why well, I read two local newspapers. I'm old school that way. As much as I'm online, I still like a newspaper with a cup of tea. So again, I'm an ideal audience for them because I'm flicking through it. And if they have, for instance, say, hey, come learn fly fishing with us and, and some kind of ad, I'm more inclined to kind of then go and check that out online and book than ever before. That's true. Well, and also I like how you said, you know, local newspapers, right? So you're not reading hmm. uh, USA Today or anything like that. It's, it's again, we're, no. we're talking about, even even if it is, you know, if it's not digital, it's localized, right? So that goes back to the yes. geo-targeting and, and using your budget wisely for sure. Definitely. Okay. And then we move on to partnerships and product development. So particularly talking about, do we need to create new products post-COVID? Yeah, I mean, that is another one that's been buzzworthy, right? So, I mean, yeah. you know, and everyone's wondering, do I need to pivot? Do I need to change what I do? Like, you know, what, what is going on? And maybe it's, it's one of those things where you have to know your own product and your own market to make a keen decision on that. I don't think it's a one size all opportunity. And I'm actually going to say that, and this can be a soundbite, local marketing is not one size fits all. <laughs> it is not. Um, you need to be in tune with your locality and your own business to uncover that opportunity. And, you know, if, if it's dead and you hardly have anything on the books, but you see an opportunity to kind of pivot in the, the time being, uh, then I recommend that you do that. Explore that venture, you know, at least for the time being. And to figure out what that pivot might be, I think you need to look to your own resources. So I saw that you, you know, you posted about Milwaukee food tours, you know, and they they had the, the access to the food. You know, that was a perfect pivot for the packages. Base Camp Europe, Daniela there, you know, she actually has been pivoting towards camping rentals, which is, I mean, that's amazing with all the gear. I mean, I have kids and, yes. <laughs> you know, not having yeah. to bring all that out there uh, in Switzerland. So, I mean, it's, it's looking to your own resources and being creative about it. I wouldn't go, I wouldn't venture too far out. Just like I'm saying, don't, don't go too crazy with your marketing. I wouldn't venture too far out and create something completely new unless it's a solid idea. And I wouldn't do what everyone else is doing. Right. So we're, you know, virtual tours is another, but you know, buzzworthy thing. And some people have been very successful, but, and I said this in my webinar as well, you know, I think that they have to be really creative, whoever's doing this and, and really, really uh, fine tune what it is. Because again, it's not like, okay, well, I'm just going to go put this on YouTube and it's, it's going to fix everything. No, you have to, you have to level up. 
So basically, I think in terms of this, I think the idea would be to get creative, use your resources and level up if you can. And even if that means developing, you know, taking your own tours and leveling them up in terms of smaller groups, you know, these are our additional safety precautions or uh, you're going to, you know, if you book now, you get an extra, I don't know, one-on-one with the owner of this museum or whatever it is, level it up, right? Because that's not only going to help you in the now, but it may help you in the future as long as you're able to do it. So I think, you know, in terms of pivots, I don't want people out there to pivot in a panic because I think that that might be a recipe for disaster. And I don't want everyone to think it's one size fits all. Look to who you are. Yeah, I agree with that because we have to be really careful with our scarce resources and and not try to reinvent the wheel. But I do think it's it's a different way of working. So, you know, partnering up with local restaurants because they're struggling, you know, can you offer a percentage off so someone comes to your activity and then they go for lunch or coffee or whatever at a local place. And then I I was talking to Tom Cratch recently at TRK Creative and we were talking about RVs. And it's not a world I know a great deal about, but he was saying he feels that this is going to be the year of the road trip and people are going to be, you know, renting an RV and some people may be forced to live in an RV the way the economy is going, right? But I'll use the zipline example again. I probably never thought about marketing to people who have RVs who are on the road. Then I could say, hey, you know, we have a car park space, especially for RVs. We have facilities, et cetera. And thinking like, how do I now attract that market segment that I probably have never thought about before. Right. It's, it's about tapping into something that may have already been there, right? Or tapping into something that yes. is trending. And I, and I think, you know, you touched on restaurants. I agree with that because at least down here, you know, the restaurants are definitely struggling. I'm not going to say that they're not in any way, but, you know, many of them, because we are a food city, uh, have stayed in business. So if, you know, and we have those tried and true, those wonderful restaurants that have been around for over a hundred years. So, you know, if there's the ability around here for someone to kind of tap into that in, in a lateral way, right? And do this this partnership where they recommend each other, that could be something right there. And then also, you know, I know that someone had mentioned on your group page, you know, a collective, which I absolutely agree with, you know, sending business to one another, especially if it's possibly rural, right? You know, we have a lot of scenic byways national byways and and things like that. So, you know, road trip designated roads and things. So, you know, if if they can all get together and create their own mini website, right? And, you know, deals if you stay on the site and they could pull their money together. I mean, that could be something amazing. I'm working on a potential interview. This hopefully will happen in a couple of weeks with a company. Let me do this live because I don't want to get it wrong. I believe it is called Adventure Hub. Okay. Yeah. And they are up in Alberta, Canada. Yeah, adventurehub.ca. And they are actually a uh, local coalition. So they've all got together and it's not just about marketing. You know, I was, and I don't want to steal his thunder, but when I was doing my research, they're even helping each other out, letting each other staff for different tours, et cetera. So that interview is coming up. So you're absolutely right. I think this, and and, you know, Alberta is a fairly rural state. So uh, I'm really interested to dig into that with Adventure Hub. I'm, I'm interested to hear about that. They have a great website. If you if you just look at this website, you immediately want to get on a plane and get to Alberta. It is stunning. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'll have to do that. Well, I'll have to eventually get on a plane, <laughs> but I'll check out the website yeah. soon for sure. Yeah, and I do think that this, I agree also very quickly that this is the year of the road trip or could be in the future within the year. Um, and I've read statistics that speak to that because road trips have actually already been on the rise in years prior, so it might be a surge. I will say though, and I'm not sure about this, and I'm, this is just from the gut. I don't know if people are going to be renting vehicles. It might be along the lines of using their own just for this, you know, we're in this post-COVID environment or this 
COVID environment now where we're all kind of, we have, we have trauma driven expectations. <laughs> so the, the safety and the cleanliness, right? Yeah. So let me ask you this question then. So let's say we get the green light to travel. You want to go to Switzerland. Would you right now, and this is not a trick question. I'm just generally interested in your opinion. You have kids, you have a family. Would you get on an aircraft right now? No, but I thought about it. And well, because obviously I love to travel. We all do in this, I would think. But here's here's the thing. Remember how I said social proof and you're going to have those initial risk takers? I think once we see enough of those out there and we have this idea and the solace that it actually might be okay and the herd immunity may actually be taking an effect and that might be illustrated, there might be a sweet spot between the deals already being out there <laughs> to be taken advantage of and, you know, this coming to light of people thinking, okay, well, maybe maybe I'll be safe. Maybe I can try this. There might be that time in between where people are just taking advantage of the deals and they really, really want to get out there. I don't know if that's going to be, if that's going to happen. I, I think it may. And if even if not, I will be part of it. I'll tell you that now. <laughs> so Yeah. Because I wonder if we went back three years and you were 25 again, oh, America, and, you know, and I asked that question, whether your answer would be different because you haven't got little ones to think about. Yeah. You don't have partners to think about. And, and I am kind of looking to the younger generation to say, well, they, I know what I would be like. I'd be like, yeah, get me on that plane. I'll take my Lysol with me and my Clorox and everything and my mask. And I want to get out of here. Definitely. But when you get older with responsibilities, we can't be quite as carefree, can we? Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, it's it, the families out there, they, they have a lot of budget to spend, right? It, depending on your locale. So you can't solely market or advertise to to the young ones, to to the college age kids that are a little bit more fearless, you know? Yeah. Also on budget. I mean, this is why we're looking at local marketing because, you know, I read a statistic the other day that Skiffshare, I think it was 50% of travel workers in the US are now unemployed, which is terrifying. What, 8 million people? I mean, it's just terrifying. You know, people aren't, well, I'm making the assumption here, right? That there's not going to be as much money. There's going to be as much budget for travel. So this is when local marketing is really going to step up because, you know, that leisure day travel. Yeah, we'll, we'll, tr we'll go two hours. We'll, we'll go fishing or camping or uh, zip lining or whatever it may be. Ben and Jerry's factory near here is quite good fun. But they not, won't necessarily have the money to say, okay, we're going to go to Switzerland this year or we're going to go to Disney this year. That's going to be a big factor. Well, and it's almost not, I mean, that is huge. But even even if they did have the money, they don't know if they will continue to, right? I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. So there's there's that idea of maybe I should be safe. And I, I would support that notion. Again, I read that term and I'm just adhering to it, the trauma-driven expectations. And that's in terms of budget. That's in terms of safety. That's in terms, we've, we've gone to a new cultural um, expectation, a new, a new realm, you know, I mean, something I love about being in the 2020s now is, you know, there's this new cultural idea that, you know, people are expecting other people to be tolerant of others and expecting people to have self-love and bullying is not cool anymore. And we've, we've made this movement. And I think there's going to be another one on the other side of this, where people are going to be expecting tour and travel providers to think above and beyond for their, their customer safety. And I think that that's going to be a cultural shift for sure. Yeah. Interesting times ahead. Yeah. Uh, I was just reading about thermometer testing at Heathrow Airport. And, you know, you can just imagine, right, you're tired, you're going to fly back to New Orleans from London and you get to the airport. Security is already an ordeal as it is. And then you get someone who's really irate because they won't let them board or whatever else. I mean, I'm really not looking forward to all of that. Yeah. Like I say, just everyday travel through airports can be stressful. Enough. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, it's a, it's going to be a mess, but you know, I think intent will, 
rise enough to, you know, people are going to be pent up. People are trepidatious, but they're, they're also pent up. So it's going to be interesting to see how that winds out. Yeah. Marika, thank you for sharing some guidance with us today. I know these, there's a lot of webinars, as I said earlier on, out there, chock full of information. And I think sometimes there's an overload of information when it comes to marketing. I think my key learning from you today is to work on the message, perfect the message, what will resonate with locals or people within a few hours drive. And also, I, I think the the working on local marketing and understanding that it's going to take it's a different mindset in terms of what keywords you're going to work with, what search terms that we might be used to. Agreed. Agreed. Positioning is going to be key. Excellent. Well, your website is vonmacagency.com. Correct. Yes. Excellent. So if you're interested in working with Marika, go check out vonmacagency.com. Marika, thank you very much for coming on the show. I know you're busy with a lot of clients and helping them with their marketing. So I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm a huge fan. Thanks for listening to the Torpreneur podcast. Be sure to visit torpreneur.com to join the conversation and access the show notes, including links to the resources mentioned on today's episode. This is Torpreneur.